Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. Welcome to Fandom Power. Welcome back, folks. We're uh, back here with our weekly dive into Marvel's Hawkeye with uh, <laughs> the last one. I know, but still, Fandom Power presents on target. Okay, and this time we're still on target. <laughs> I think so. I think we're right on target this time. Sort of. Well, pretty close. Uh, for those of you who've been following along for the last uh, five episodes, uh, it's pretty much been you and I the whole. Uh, well, not the whole run, but uh, yeah. almost the whole run. Yeah. Once again. We are, uh, we're missing one tonight. Sans Hank, but he might come in. His real world has him tied up tonight. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see him uh, bounce in here at some point tonight. But if we don't, uh, well wishes to him. And uh, hopefully he gets his project for the day done. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah. Uh, all the other holidays out there in the world that you may or may not uh, celebrate. I hope you had a good time with your family. Even with the state of the world. Yeah, especially with the state of the world. Yeah uh spoilers ahead so you know if you haven't seen that last episode of hawkeye yet get know. out no don't get out stay we stay want stay with us stay. you'll get a pretty informed version of it or you know go watch it and then come back later but sure uh this week's finale is titled so this is christmas so this is christmas yeah one of the saddest christmas songs ever <laughs> just sad yeah but at the same time i mean and it is an important message though you know, be happy with what you have, and even though things are terrible somewhere, yeah, oh, yeah. that's the truth. But uh, this... me and Myanmar's not doing so good right now. Yeah, Burma, another oh. uh, bunch of uh, civilians killed. Damn, yeah, terrible time of the year for that too. Hmm. Not that any time is good for it, but some comments rolling in oh, here. We already got a comment, and uh, what you talking about? We're talking about Hawkeye. We're getting right into Hawkeye here. We're just uh, hoping that uh, as you're joining with us tonight, we're uh, covering our final, final episode of uh, of uh, Hawkeye from Marvel Studios, currently uh, streaming on Disney Plus. Wishing everybody uh, happy holidays, and uh, yeah, so let's get right into it. Yeah. Uh, so, like we said, it's titled uh, "So This Is Christmas," and it is the longest episode of the series by far, with a runtime of 62 minutes, all in. Uh, does that include the dun, 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 post credit scene? It does. Okay. It does. Uh, it's directed by Rise Thomas, and this one is written by Jonathan Igla and Elisa Clement. And we kicked the episode off with a really fast pace previously on. Yeah. And we're right into it. Uh, no waiting, no messing around. 
it's been building for weeks and we hear those thunderous footsteps entering into the building. Yep. And he's here. Yeah. There was really no uh, bandying around with that. It was just kind of like, okay. And what I really liked about this scene was they did, they did nothing to hide it. Like right down to the purple pants. Yeah. Like, and that's <laughs> right out of the 90 Spider-Man cartoon, right? The white uh, yes. blazer, purple pants. And you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, he steps through that curtain and, He's here. One of the things about this episode, as we move along through, I, I just loved lots of camera trickery in this one. There is tons of camera trickery that just made uh, made Vincent D'Onofrio look just so uh, immense and and imposing and just totally. towering over everybody uh, that he shared a scene with. So yes, I thought, he's supposed to be that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a monster in the comics. I mean, I I always think of him. I know that. Um, would you consider, I guess, I mean, because of the, 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 the influence that he holds, we puts him square in supervillain territory. I would say so. But in terms of like physical stature, I always sort of thought as the, uh, the Kingpin is sort of in that, the realm of like, you know, uh, Sam Wilson is, is like a, a normal human being who's like pushed to the peak of physical perfection. He's just, he's at the height of human performance. I always thought of like Wilson Fisk as being of a similar, I know he's not in shape. He doesn't fit the, the superhero, you know, statuesque uh, visage, but he's like, he's as strong as like a, just a normal dude could be without something extra. Well, when you look at uh, a lot of bodybuilders, like specifically weight trainers, they may not be as cut as Arnold at the Mr. Universe No, but they can certainly lift a whole lot more. Well, and there's therein you make a great point. I mean, I, I've watched a ton of like strongman competition and there are like, none of those guys no they're not cut by any means no they're all just bulk mass and power yeah i mean uh the most famous uh obviously the mountain from game of thrones yeah i mean he's a he's a strong man competitor yeah but uh we find out really quickly here that he's meeting kate's mom and uh they're on pleasant terms at the beginning and the weird thing about this interior it doesn't really scream opulence like the building we saw her going into last episode does no, so not is really. This like a separate meeting, or well, I mean, even look at look at the background. I mean, look at the old tube TV, and what yeah. is that a VCR sitting there? It seems more like yeah, you know, the latest hideout for the tracksuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, they sit down for their discussion, and one thing to point out here: there's assorted meat processing items around them. Like there's a meat hook in. I the... noticed that there's a meat grinder on the desk. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this is like a meat processing plant, which, you know, I just thought that was a subliminal. I thought that was a subliminal message to anybody he was meeting with. Like, could be, Hey, you're in the chair, but you could be in the grinder. Yeah. (laughs) This is kind of funny. Like all the Christmas decorations and then meat hooks. So anyway, uh, just look at, look at the way that's filmed. Like, it's almost like they've that forced perspective where she's farther away from the camera and he's like right up tight. But I mean, they've just gone out of their way and they've done such a good job at making him look just massive hell. But, uh, you know, the meeting, it remains fairly pleasant. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he just likes me it is entirely possible that he may just like meat. Well, at the very least he needs protein, right? <laughs> That's so true. Yes. So, uh, the meeting though, it, it's, fairly pleasant at the beginning and we find out that kate's dad owed a small fortune to the kingpin yeah and uh you know she's been paying it back ever since the attack on new york and she goes on she's like you know i paid you back what i owe you like 10 times over but fisk is quick to point out you know well it's gonna been a really good arrangement and you've done pretty well for yourself 
Yes. And then uh, we go on and get the reveal that uh, it was Eleanor who murdered Armand. Armand, yeah. And she also framed Jack for Sloan. We always said right from the beginning that she was uh, kind of, I don't know, kind of greasy, kind of up to something. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's out now. Yeah. And, and when she's saying this, you know, she's really cold, cold as can be for this. But uh, then with the first bit of emotion, she tells Fisk, you know, my daughter's back home and she's getting too close. So I'm drawing the line and I want out. But Fisk, you know, he tells her, you know, don't be rash. Right. But Eleanor doubles down and she goes on to tell him, you know, I've been keeping an insurance policy involving like copies of records, incriminating evidence and whatnot. Sure. And it's in a safe spot. But, you know, Fisk, who is visibly angered at this, states, you know, because it's the holidays, I'll give you a chance to rethink what you're trying to start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she fires back, you know, I don't need a minute. I feel like even now, this early in the episode, like, I feel like she's a person that said, you know, starting to show that she has, in fact, drank the Kool-Aid. Like, there's no, you know, the 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 Bishop security uh, you know, head of Bishop security and, and single mom raising her daughter is kind of a, I don't know, kind of, that was the, you know how they say like Batman is the man and Bruce Wayne is the, is the, the sorry, the, the, the costume. yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing here. Like, like criminal Kate Bishop, uh, not Kate Eleanor. criminal Eleanor has, she's, you know, so deep into it that that is who she is now. It's quite possible. Yeah. Cause uh, her speech at the end kind of leaves you thinking that. But, uh, you know, she tells him she doesn't need a minute and says right then and there, I'm done. Yeah. And she gets up to leave, having threatened one of the most powerful crime bosses in the city. And you can see Wilson just twitching. Well, I anger. I actually, you know, watching the episode, I thought, oh, this is not going to go well for her. No. Like, is it at all possible that she doesn't really grasp who she's dealing with? Because she's taking right. the situation pretty lightly. Oh, yeah. Considering, you know. She has a lengthy paper trail, and if indeed this is the kingpin from the Netflix series, you know, he's no stranger to prison. No, no, so, he's not. So, uh, you know. I don't know if you uh, noticed this week, uh, there was some mention from Kevin Feige on that, on the uh, connection to the, uh, to the Netflix shows. I did not see that. It, pretty much, uh, to summarize, uh, it is. To summarize, it's, it is the same character. How they choose, if they choose to draw any more connections between those two uh, properties remains to be seen but uh, the short the short answer is it's the same guy excellent yeah so uh, kate ends up receiving a video of the exchange that we just witnessed and when clint asks you know who sent it she tells him it's a yelena and eleanor is the one who hired her so uh you know you get the little video and she's looking all concerned and but we don't know how far removed we are from last episode because you know they're still staring at cell phone but grills is now absent from the table. Yeah. 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 So, but it can't be too much further removed. Yeah. But Kate, you know, she's clearly taken aback by this sighting, you know, she doesn't even jaywalk. No. How can, how can she be doing this? Yeah. Yeah. So clearly she's got uh, good secret keeping skills. That uh, cell phone image just <laughs> again, I'm just blown away with how effective they, the they've got. Yeah, that, to, yeah. To make him so imposing. My God, it's, it's incredible. It is. But uh, Kate determines, you know, she's got to go talk to her. But Clint advises, you know, you got to calm down first, talk this out, because Eleanor is going to need our help. Yeah. And Clint, he fully recognizes the threat that the kingpin poses. Yes. And Kate says, you know, it's it's my mess. You should go home, be with your family. 
and we get the final moment here. Like Clint firmly says, no, you're my partner. That's a big, uh, big turnaround for Clint coming from, uh, you're not my partner. You never were. Yeah. I mean, let's analyze that a little bit more. Well, I mean, I, I equate that to the, to, you know, every moment in any movie where you have an animal yeah. that you have to get rid of, but you don't want to. And, you know, yeah, you take yeah. it out of the woods and you say, get out of here, you stupid animal. I don't want nothing to do yep, with you. Yep. I mean, even Harry and the Hendersons, right? Right. When, you know, he didn't mean it, but he had to do it to get rid of her. I think of this as being like, this is a huge step, not only for Clint, but also like how much that elevates the character of Kate Bishop. Because when I think of Clint Barton and partners, there's only one partner that to my mind that he's ever had. Yeah. And that's Natasha Romanov. Yeah. So you're telling me that he now holds Kate Bishop in the same regard as Natasha. I think so. That's a huge step forward. Huge. And him saying that, you know, it's enough to snap Kate out of it. Yeah. And he goes on, you know, your mess is my mess and I'm not going anywhere until we're taken care of. So, you know, fully solidified partnership. Yeah. Uh, across town, though, we jump a lot in this episode and really rapidly. Uh, like most of the things we review. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, across town, we find Maya heading into that place with the beaded curtain and yep. uh, places decked out for Christmas. And inside we find Wilson and Kazi sitting at a table. Yes. And, uh, let's get this out of the way right now. Hank, you'd mentioned, uh, I know you're not here yet, but uh, wherever you are tonight, Hank, yeah, you'd mentioned off air that uh, you weren't a fan of the Tony Montana esque looking. Uh, oh, the, uh, sort of the, uh, the Hawaiian shirt. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know we, uh, you and I talked about this earlier in the week. Yeah, but it does have an actual comic book tie in. Yeah. 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 It does. Um, and I seem to have misplaced my slide for it, but oh, that's okay. Anyway, uh, turns out the graphic novel Spider-Man Family Business yeah. is almost an identical suit. Yeah, like, um, did you get the 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 just the 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 bare bones of that? Uh, yeah, basically spends most of his time in like between Tunisia and somewhere else hot. Yeah, so basically <laughs> swaps it out mode. to yeah swaps it out to uh, a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, well, got another comment here. And we get uh, <gasps> shock. I, I think that's the uh, <gasps> face. There we go. Oh, my. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in that graphic novel, uh, we find out that Peter Parker has a long lost sister that he never knew about. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Named Teresa Durand. And it also adds extra elements to Parker's parents backstory as well. Right. Lots of spy stuff, espionage type stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a good book. Give it a read if you find it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can actually, pro- you might be able to find it at Dollarama. Oh, really? Because I'm pretty sure that's where I found my copy. For those of you listening in Canada. That's right. Back to our show here. Maya has rolled in and, you know, she feigns a smile as she approaches. And Wilson, seeing her bruised up face, says, you know, I've seen you after some really tough fights, but I've never seen you like this. And Kazi, he's doing most of the signing. Yeah. But Wilson does do some of his own. Uh, I was actually pretty impressed with how much he does yeah. do on his own. Yeah. And he's he's like, you know, do you want to tell me what's going on? And Maya says, you know, I, I got carried away. And I, but you know what my father meant to me. And Fisk is like, no, he meant a lot to all of us. Right. So even him, you know, kind of playing it off like he knows nothing. But right. Maya goes on to say, you know, I've come to my senses. I want to focus on the job. Stop chasing ghosts. But 
I've come to the realization that finding the one who killed him won't change anything and nothing I do can bring him back. No. So a legitimate come to your senses type thing. Do you think though? Cause I almost thought that that was just a, she's on to the on, twitch to the notion that he's maybe on to her. And so now she's just kind of doing the now is not the time. Maybe because uh, you know, Wilson, he, sh- he seems to be showing some genuine concern yeah. Or quite possibly he's studying, you know, every movement and expression based on what comes next. Well, I mean, given who that character is. and there's, yeah. you can't, you cannot look at the Kingpin and not draw parallels to, like you say, uh, you know, Tony Soprano is actually a good, a, a good example in this case, or Don Corleone, you know, like, I mean, he's always playing an angle, right? Yeah. Cause then she asks him, she's, you know, can I get a couple days off to clear my head? And he says, yeah, it's reasonable. And she turns to leave, but he stops her. And uh, then he looks at her and says, you know, I love you. And he signs it to her. And she holds for just a moment, but she signs it back. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, she takes her leave and heads out. Classic manipulation, if you ask me. Totally. But uh, once she's out of ear, technically earshot, because she can't really hear anything. Yeah. So, uh Fisk lays out all of his current problems and, you know, like Ronan that there's an Avenger looking into their business. Eleanor thinks she can quit like a normal job. And now Maya has been turned against him. Yep. And Kazi, he's just like a yes man. He's like, yep. Yep. But he leans right into him. He says, you know, we need to do something to make the people remember just who runs this city. Right. What should we do? And uh, we'll find out soon enough, but uh, we're jumping again. And elsewhere, we find Clinton Kate on the subway again. And Kate knows she has to focus on tonight. And Clinton remarks, you know, we're going to need a ton of gear, like a whole batch of way too dangerous trick arrows. <laughs> and then we get a great little montage here of them making some of those new. Trick yeah, arrows. yeah. So we get to, to see we're in like a little where workshop type deal. And Clint's, you know, he's not uh, not just an arrow guy. He does have some. Skills yeah, he's he's got some legitimate like science and engineering skills going on here. Yeah, so he's not completely reliant on a Tony Stark or a Hank Pym for most of those arrows. I mean, he had to get his start somewhere, so presumably, I mean, this is going way back to the origins of the character. True. But uh, as they're putting together arrowheads, we can see most likely this is Grill's cosplay workshop. Well, you can't not, I mean, assume that given. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to see more of that later on. We but, are. Uh, but uh, one of the things that pulls out here to kind of confirm that they've got uh, police grade mace. Oh, yeah. That they're going to incorporate into one of them. And, uh, you know, this gives us a little bit more insight into grills, you know, firefighter, great chef, LARPer, and possibly mechanically inclined as well. Yeah. So we go on to see more uh, arrows get finished up and Kate starts loading them into the trays and she's putting labels on them to keep straight, which is which. And we see that, you know, we've got a pim arrow again, so we don't know yet if it's the same one or, well, this one's red. True. The last one was blue. Was it blue? It was blue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, detail there. Cause I it mean, a different one. the, uh, it's funny though, because, uh, in both, Oh no, no, the, no, it, it, it is the opposite effect because the last time we saw the arrow deployed, it made the arrow. It was quite large. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean that the middle one there, that's, that's quite obviously the grapple arrow. It's the same, like the, the tripod uh, penetrated into the concrete. Yeah. And funny thing about that one at the bottom there it, with the three prongs, 
it really resembles the uh, the knockout dart from Triple X. Oh, yeah, I guess it does, doesn't it? Uh, hit Xander three times. But, uh, you know, we also get the labels that uh, tell us we're going to get an airbag arrow, freeze arrow, a flash bomb, icebreaker. Uh, we also, Conveniently enough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we also get to see that Clint has been holding back on some of them, and some of them are from Stark. What do you mean he's been holding back? He would never do that. Yeah, but he pulls out the case here, and, uh, you know, we see probably four or five different uh, Stark tech ones that uh, we have not seen yet. No, you're right. But we get the whole host of uh, different heads there laid out and we're ready for action at this point. Oh yes. So uh, as we near a complete set of these arrows, uh, Clint, he asks her, you know, is this a formal thing tonight? And uh, also goes on to tell Kate, you know, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but that's part of the job. It's always inconvenient. It's always lonely. And you will get hurt, but heroes have to make some tough decisions. So if you're going to go through with it, just wants to know, are you ready? It's almost an extension of the conversation that they had earlier about, you know, you're going to lose stuff. Yeah. Like it seemed to me tonally to be very similar to that. Mm -hmm. You know, is this like the, I guess, you know, him doing the, are you really sure? You know, when somebody's going to make it <laughs> almost like when you get a buddy who's going to make a bad decision and you kind of do the, are you sure about this? Yeah, you really, yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, she, instead of just outright saying yes, yeah, she relays her perspective on the attack in New York, how she was alone. She was terrified, but then she saw Clint fighting aliens with sticks and string. Well, I mean, and that's been the, the sort of the through joke with Clint all along is just like, he's just a, a dude. Yeah. <laughs> just a dude. And yeah. And she figured, you know what, if he can do that, she didn't need to be afraid. Yeah. Anybody can be a hero if they're brave enough to do what's necessary and she's ready. Yeah. So uh, from there, we find later on that evening, we find a caravan of the uh, Trusta bros making their way across the city. Every time I still chuckle, trust the bro. Yeah, and they, they lean into it heavy again, this one with all the bros, but. Uh, oh my God, yeah. Bro, bro. Yeah, I got you now, bro. We find uh, Ivan in one of the lead trucks and he's radioing that he's almost in position. And we also see that uh, Kazi has again taken up a sniper position across from the party. Yeah. But Tomas will be coming out to uh, the east exits and Ivan's on the west. Right. So uh, we see Kazi glancing down there and Ivan's radioing in, but uh, elsewhere, shifting again, uh, we find that Kate and Clint, they're rocking some formal wear and they're making their way to their party, which we can see is being held at 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Yes. So once inside, sorry, uh, Clint asks Kate what she sees and, you know, what are the assets? What are the threats? And the first thing Kate notices is a threat. And lo and behold, it's Gary, who is the same guy from back in episode one who blew her yeah. cover at the black market auction. At the auction. <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, he's back again yelling at the wait staff. So, but then, you know, we're scanning for assets too. And we find out we have those two. And we were right. Yeah. We have our friends, the well, LARPers. All the LARPers, um, which I still think, I mean, we know for a fact, like, uh, at least two of them are emergency services. So, yeah interesting that uh so at least one firefighter one police one police officer for sure yeah, yeah. but uh you know we've seen that they're all planted throughout the party we've got grills missy and wendy on the party floor and good on them for i mean i know that the there's just not enough time in an episode to, to 
like how did they pull that one off but i mean good on them for doing it yeah yeah even got orville at the coat check yes and then uh we also find that uh jack he's made good on his promise he's out and he's at the party uh and sporting a sword yes sporting his sword which is odd as clint remarks he's wielding a sword fresh out of jail for allegedly killing someone with a sword well i mean it's not illegal to carry a sword open carry a sword i guess probably not i don't i i'm struggling saber cutlass i'm not sure i think saber saber i think yeah maybe but uh kate poses you know maybe that's his weird way of proving his innocence and clint drops the line weird flex but sure yeah (laughs) so there's your internet lingo (laughs) Uh, across the street, though, Kazi, he's taking aim and he's scanning the party and uh, he's making window to window rounds and he doesn't seem to have his target yet. And technically, we're not really clear on who it is. Yeah, it, it didn't come across to me either. Like, is it is it uh, Eleanor? Is it Kate? Is it Clint? Like, who is it? Well, they say, you know, we're only after the Bishop woman, so we oh, can narrow it down to Kate or Eleanor but we do know that Kingpin is ruthless enough to send a message by eliminating someone close to someone. Oh yeah, for sure. Like anybody who may threaten him. So it's completely possible. They were aiming for Kate first. I mean, at this point, I mean, unless there's some off screen, that off screen stuff that they, that just happens unless Maya has actually, uh, you know, told uncle that uh, Clint is actually Ronan. Then I don't think she has, but yeah. 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 I mean, if we didn't see it on screen, doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I don't think it happened either. Yeah because uh, based on the earlier conversation right he's like you know ronan has showed back up we've got yeah. an avenger on yeah, our yeah. tail chances are he two different know people it's, yeah the same one yeah that makes sense but uh you know kate and clint they split up to cover more ground and yelena Riva, she arrives and refuses to check her coat like she doesn't think she's going to be there very long yeah <laughs> and he orville he takes notice but not action she just you know saunters into the party and Meanwhile, we find out that uh, Eleanor has also arrived at the party in a lavish fur coat. So, you know, she's completely carefree at this point. Oh, yes. I mean, running a security company, I guess she would think it's covered. You would think so. But, you know, upon entry, Kate is the first one to find her. And she grabs her and, uh, you know, rushes her off. And in doing so, she, uh, she quickly ruins the shot Cassie was about to take right because we see you know she was in sight and at this point you know you can figure out eleanor is the main target is the target yeah because he had full chance to blow kate away right in front of her mom doing maximum emotional damage yes but he didn't do it and didn't take the didn't take the shot yeah but kate you know once she's got her back in the kitchen she lays it out that i'm saving your life because your business partner wants you dead and her mom she's still trying to play dumb she's like what are you talking about yeah the whole playing dumb thing it was just like yeah come on like you know she was close yeah so at some point she would figure it out she's been hanging out with an avenger yeah uh what did you think (laughs) but uh you know kate pulls out the cell phone video and eleanor she goes straight on the offensive you know you don't understand i have everything under control and just then jack finds them yeah and he's like a word but uh, again, we're going to shift gears here and we find Clint standing by the window, scanning for threats. And Wendy Conrad comes up to report, you know, all clear. But Clint, with his Hawkeye vision, he uh, notices a laser in the glass and, you know, yells out, get down. Yep. And uh, 
taking action, he gets down and narrowly, you know, misses taking a shot from Kazi. Do we think that the serving tray actually deflected the bullet? Yes. <sighs> because it goes flying. Yeah, I'll give I'll give it to the show because it's based on a comic book property, but like I just see stuff like that and I go, no, just no. <laughs> uh suspension of disbelief you yeah. gotta turn it up a notch here there we yeah. go well either that or Kazi's just a terrible shot as or that's a that's a titanium uh <laughs> titanium serving tray <laughs> eh, you know mind you in triple x if we're mirroring that one yeah uh, he did use a serving tray there to block bullets yeah yeah before, you know surfing it down a railing but again suspension of disbelief there you go yep but uh, as clint he runs the length of the floor we see yelena she's watching from a corner and at this point you can pretty much guarantee Kazi is a terrible shot because he's letting loose multiple shots and he's missing every time. Like he's leading them too early and then he's too far behind. Man, like that that's a fairly given the distance that he I mean, he's across the street in another building and, and up a few floors. I mean, but the, the power on that scope, come on, dude. Like, are you that bad of a shot? Yeah. Cause you don't think he would intentionally miss. No. He continues to fire anyway and uh, relays Barton is here and so is the girl. Christmas came early. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, they are technically aiming for all three. Now they are. Yeah. But uh, back in the kitchen, they start hearing gunshots. So she tells her mom and Jack, you know, stay put. It's too dangerous out there for you. And uh, Eleanor's like, no, no, you stay here. It's too dangerous for you. And Kate defiantly says, you're the reason it's dangerous out there. Yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, Eleanor's still in still in you know stay out of this mode but kate is like putting her in her place that's a bit of an fu moment yeah <laughs> this is your fault yeah so uh you know she kind of gets stunned a little bit and stays there for a minute as kate runs out but then she just turns around and dashes out in a different direction leaving jack all by himself and uh jack you know he's like i must be missing something here so clearly he doesn't know everything yeah he's way out of the loop yeah so he doesn't know that eleanor framed him and all that but uh he remarks, you know, it's almost a hero up moment. And he's like, it's showtime. Well, this is, a, so this is a very interesting turn of events because I thought that they were legitimately setting him up to be like a two bit villain. Yeah. Like a, just a street level riff raffy. And really they didn't. No, no, they did not. If anything, by the end of this, he could be on his way to being an Avenger. Yeah. 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 An Avenger or a West coast Avenger. Maybe. But uh, it means you'll have to relocate, but yeah, back out on the floor, though, we find that the LARPers are trying to, uh, you know, they're trying to get people out and Clint tells them, you know, I'm going to move to a different floor to draw the fire away. But in the commotion, Kate spots Yelena and instead of contacting Clint, she goes after her and uh, it leads with some polite banter. And I love this scene, but uh, also we can point out here they're on the 37th floor and that you know, with this being the final episode of Hawkeye, this could be a callback to Secret Avengers number 37, which was the final issue of that series. Oh, interesting. So, you know, possible connection, but... Uh, was that a, a Hawkeye... Uh, it was a uh, Hawkeye-driven Hawkeye-centric. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was the... I believe he was the leader of that team at that point. Interesting. And in the final issue, he leaves the team. Right, right. To, oh, to focus on retirement? Maybe. <laughs> Since the, the thing he's the very thing he's been trying to do since uh, what? Uh, uh, Ultron. Like, yeah, Age Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. We find out, you know, not only is Yelena sporting a fantastic hairstyle, 
but the two young ladies are definitely having a friendship vibe going on here. Yeah. And, uh, Yelena, she says, you know, I'm not here to ruin the party. I'm just here to kill Clint, have some appetizers and leave. Yeah. 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 And you know, Kate, she's trying to buy Clint some time saying, you know, well, you don't know what floor he's on, but then the little blinker goes off and it's like, Oh look, he's on 12. <laughs> so, uh, little door opens up and Yelena, she hops on and tells Kate, you know, no, don't do it. But then, you know, last minute she jumps on anyway. Uh, oh, it gets better though. It does. It so does. And uh, again, Yelena is trying to keep her out of harm's way, but she jumps aboard anyway. And you get the distinct impression here. Neither one wants the fight. No, no. But uh, on the ride down, uh, Kate looks over and spots the button panel and you know exactly <laughs> what she's going to do because every kid who's ever gotten in an elevator has wanted say. to do this. <laughs> or you want to piss off a bunch of people. I'm not going to. Okay. So when I was, <laughs> when I was in the military and we're all staying in the same hotel and it's like, you got to be somewhere in the morning and you just happen to catch the elevator first as you're getting off, hit every button. <laughs> so on the way back, they're waiting forever. Yeah. How to be an a-hole without letting anybody know that you were. Yep. Do it on the way out. Yeah. But Kate goes for it and lightning fast. Yelena, she slaps her hand away like a parent says, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Down. Yeah. But then it escalates pretty quick back and forth here. And we get move for move until finally uh, Kate smacks Yelena in the face. And that pauses her for a minute. And she's like, what was that? And uh, the look of shock. Yeah. <laughs> and Kate, she responds with a sheep is, I don't know before going for the buttons again but this time you know yelena starts pulling back and the black dress it gives way and we get our big costume reveal that technically has already been revealed uh with the new kate bishop hawkeye suit yeah they really the whole marketing for the show i mean they kind of led with that they did and sure save it to the last episode i get it but it's just like why reveal it at all then yeah minor complaint but uh still just a weird choice yeah but you know once the dress is off yelena asks you know did you plan that and with a quick response she's like yes but then she's like no i didn't mm-hmm. and then you know momentary distraction kate hits all the buttons and yelena she's like you're so annoying she then ditches her coat and uh calls kate asuka before departing the next floor with kate in pursuit now, I did some digging, and uh, side note here, the Russian word suka translates to bitch in English. So they snuck that one in there. Nice. So, hey, uh, you can still get one F-bomb in a PG-13. Yeah, true. Back on the party floor, you know, we find the rich folks are completely ignoring the direction of the LARPers, and they're just running every which way. And outside, Kazi informs the rest that the track suits, that, uh, you know, targets are coming your way. Yep. And... uh Ivan responds with the red one in position. So maybe he's a star Wars fan. Maybe, uh, or I don't know the red tracksuit. I don't know. Maybe they're all red tracksuits. I guess he is the number one of, them. I guess so. Yeah. So it could number one on under, levels. under Kazi. Yeah, sure. But, uh, we get a quick flash through, uh, Orville finding nobody in the kitchen and Kate's mom's gone. And then we jump down and Clint, he's getting his gear on the 12th floor. And then we're right back following Yelena and Kate as they battle across the floor they're on. Yeah. And this is shot in such a fantastic way because it pans across room to room to room as they go. And one more time, Kate, she tries to talk her down. It's like, what are we doing here? It's Christmas Eve. Yeah. As they, uh, as they like, 
I haven't decided like, because it's hard to tell. Is it an apartment building? Is it an office building? Like, is it office floors? Like residential use building? Well, that's what I thought too, because at one point it's like, is that guy just working later? Is that his home computer? Like, I think it's multiple like offices on one floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, she's like, let's get a drink. And Yelena, she replies, sure. But after I kill Barton. Right. And Kate's like, no, 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 that's not what you want to do. And before she can get any more words out, you know, Yelena kicks her and knocks her right out of the way. And, uh, they continue to fight across the building and we switch again to the 12th floor finding Clint. And this part kind of bugs me because he's opening a window. So I don't know how old this building is, but would the window still open on the 12th floor? You know, that's a great question. I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't know the age of that building. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, anybody out there who knows sort of the, uh, like, the history of that building could probably better uh but i would think that, that would be like a major safety concern like yeah, modern hotels do not have yeah they don't windows. yeah not like that no that aside the whole thing plays out pretty quick and uh clint he finds the shooter takes aim and he lets loose a recharged gas arrow yep which fills the room up and Kazi has to bail out more purple yeah more purple but uh back on the higher floor kate and yelena they're still trading blows across the floor until they finally reach the side of the building and uh Yelena, she tries to break the window out with a baton. Yeah. But Kate, she flings something at her that she's picked up off one of the desks, knocking the baton out of her hand and inadvertently breaking the window as well. Was that the, uh, the, no, no, that's not no. that. Okay. No, I, it looked like almost a set of bolo balls or something. Oh, like so maybe it could have been like maybe. two Christmas decorations on a string. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. She whips it at her. Yeah. And, uh, then, uh, poor Yelena, she's like, ouch, that really hurt. Yeah. And they get, stopped again and they're getting into some banter and kate says well you know that kick really hurt and then they start trading compliments well you know you had that really nice throw and we had some good moves and it's almost like you know a couple of high school girls like they're both trying to like one is the head cheerleader and the other one's the new girl on the squad yeah maybe (laughs) but you know kate she finally says what we're all thinking out loud and she's like stop making me like you yeah and yelena just says sorry i can't help it but this was really fun. And then, you know, that same hook and line again, right, the right. window she goes. Yep. Uh, side note here, though, the corporate artwork on the walls there, yeah. it can be yours if you so want it. Oh, do tell, do uh, tell. If you go to the website, sedgwickandbrattle.com, you oh. can purchase these corporate art pieces. I'm not fully sure who the artist is, but uh, they're titled Organic Lines 1 and 2, respectively. And I bet you because they've been using a Marvel thing, now they're probably... Uh considerably more expensive possibly in higher demand i don't know (laughs) maybe uh, if you want them you can get them now well the secret's out now yeah way to go man (laughs) (laughs) google lens helped me on that one oh excellent but back on the building you know yelena she's basically running down the building yeah and kate is left staring outside at her yes and uh it's a hell of a drop from up there but kate radios down to clint that you know it's yelena and he gets the message uh just in time for her to go flying past the window and she's about to lay one in him and he ducks she misses but she turns and like digs her heels in and slides down the mess yes. still shooting i've done some rappelling before in my life and every time i i see that like the aussie style face forward i kind of it just makes me kind of nope nope can't do it yeah once uh yelena hits the ground kate figures out you know quickest way down is to follow her and she has to face that scary situation so uh she lines up and being brave, she follows suit, screaming all the way down. Oh, with nothing more than a shoelace, by the way. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
she slows herself the same way that Yelena did just in time to, you know, safely hit the ground. And Clint calls out, you know, see if she's all right. She's like, yep, but the tracksuits are here. Yeah. So uh, Clint, he grabs a handful of arrows and he steps off to make his move. And uh, below the tracksuits, they're pretty quick. They engage Kate and uh, she dispatches a couple of them, but she locks up with Tomas and he tells her, you know, I know it's not the best time, but I wanted to thank you. And, uh, you know, for her advice, he talked it over with his girlfriend and it worked. They went to a Maroon 5 concert yeah, and Maroon everything went 5. great. And, uh, Kate, Who was it that they read the tickets for? It was somebody else. Uh, it was Imagine Dragons. Yeah, Imagine Dragons, but instead they go to Maroon 5. Yeah. But, you know, she's like, oh, that's great. That worked out. But uh, what's with the gun? And he's like, you know, I'm sorry. But before he can get any more out, she kicks him in the gut. Yeah. And, uh, knocks him down. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you know they've really humanized him but that i think that's uh an effect of kate because multiple times throughout the show she's engaged with the villains on a more human level it's very disarming yeah and yeah. she makes them more likable so well she still sees a person i think you know yeah. and not just a, a bad guy not just a hired goon right but uh except her mom oh yeah mom's in the on the on the big the the poopy list yeah it's because mom doesn't listen well but more tracksuits arrive and uh, true to form. One of the guys, he's like, I got you, bro. And before he can do that out of nowhere, a sword knocks the gun out of his hand. And we find that it's Jack. And now that creepy smile, it isn't so creepy. anymore. No, it makes sense now. And he's like, Hey, sweetie. And uh, they exchange some stories and neither one knows where Eleanor is. I was just going to uh, say, wasn't there a moment where there's like that, I'm sorry, but it's like in the middle of like yeah. disarming people and fighting people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his sword play is uh, on full display. So uh, we can't write off that we'll never see him soon. Well, up he's a swordsman at some point, but he's pretty good. He is. He's the weirdo that brought a knife to a gunfight. That's right. And he did all right. He did. But uh, back on the 12th floor, we see track suits are making their way in. And Clint, he's been placing little devices all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, He's got the trigger on his uh, bow, and as he's got his thumb on it, he gets blindsided by Kazi. And uh, more tracksuits converge, but he manages to throw Kazi off long enough to trigger those explosives. I have to say that I I was not a big fan of this whole sequence where suddenly, uh, you know, because we had that whole sequence where they escaped. um, And uh, Clint was far superior in his uh mono mono to pretty much everybody and now suddenly kazi can fight on uh you know on an avenger level mm, you know what i mean like maybe because he does dispatch him pretty quick well but... he does but it's just like come on kazi he's like you know this is gonna be fun and uh clint he hits that button and as they're squaring off you know in the background the other track suits are buried by a bunch of rubble yeah so i'm i'm not sure if maybe this is like a utility level or if it's just not done. Oh, yeah, maybe. You know, leaning into that every floor is something different. So yeah, yeah. Pretty quick, though, uh, Clint knocks him out just as more tracksuits are arriving. And uh, they open fire down the hall, which causes him to flee and leap out the window onto that line. But uh, that line, I guess, has been used too much now because it snaps. Yeah, and I mean, uh, is he wearing a glove there? He is wearing a glove there. Good for him because I'm thinking, my God, that's going to hurt. Yeah. Not that it doesn't much good because uh, once it snaps, we see him falling and he lands in the Rockefeller Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, at least he's got some cover in there. Well, it was funny. Yeah. Kind of a diehard moment. 
almost, <laughs> almost. Yeah. But, uh, we get a little bit of foreshadowing here because inside the tree, Clint, he shares a moment with a little owl. Yeah. In the tree and the owl hoots at him and, uh, he responds back. Hey, <laughs> but, uh, down below, you know, Kate, she's still holding her own with the track suits. And in earlier episodes, they didn't really hint at it, but they just keep coming. So like, there's a never ending supply of them. It's almost like stormtroopers. A little bit. Yeah. But uh, Kate, she asks, you know, suitors. where are you? Eddie tells her, you know, I'm in the tree. She's like, what tree? Yeah, what? He's like, the tree. <laughs> the. So uh, Kate runs into the LARPers and she's like, where's my gear? And she gets it and she tells them, you know, get the civilians clear of the area. And with a plan in motion, everybody goes their separate ways. And still, the rich folks, they're not listening. So uh, Grills, he's like, it's time. Oh, this is the, uh, you know, they get their little suit up moment. They do. <laughs> Which is kind of cute, I guess. Yeah. So. Because uh, what's more authoritative than a, than a waiter? That's right. Because <laughs> like, really, they, sh- they all have their EMS training and whatnot. They should be able to command the crowds a bit better than well... they are. But as we see with Grills in a little bit with, uh, I think it's Armand the seventh. Yeah. The rich folks don't really adhere to authority no yeah yeah the, the whole uh they, you're, they need that extra level well, that does make sense now when you put it that way the uh the aristocracy versus the hired help yeah yeah across town we find maya in an apartment and she's packing for a quick exit and she grabs the essentials and she leaves behind a photo of her father but she picks up one of her kazi and her dad yeah and we're only with maya a brief moment here like long enough to ponder on the photo before back at the Rockefeller center. I had asked uh, in an earlier episode, what your thoughts were. Did, did we think there was something more going on between them romantically? And I mean, this episode kind of hints at does it. suggest that there is more between them. Yeah. But I think it's more on her end than his. Yeah. Maybe just based on his actions. Well, yeah. Yeah. That whole, uh, when the truth comes out. Yeah. But, uh, back at Rockefeller center though, we get more trucks arriving and they're just, tracksuits are just pouring out of them and we get a really great nod here to the 1988 film big because we find that kate has thrown a window through the upper window of fao schwartz <laughs> which is the same company yes. that tom hanks and robert loja did the dance the on giant that piano. giant floor piano yeah <laughs> and you know she briefly steps on it before dispatching a couple more members of the tracksuits nice and uh you know she takes them out and clint he's like where's our backup and then uh, we get the uh, LARPers returning in their new suits. And uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but I just see like four, you know, second rate Asgardians. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're looking as epic as can be. They're budget Asgardians. Maybe. But Clint, he snickers, you know, we're all going to die. <laughs> so uh, fun thing here. Well, not really fun, but a minor continuity error. If you watch closely. Sure. You will see Orville on the right there he'll come out from the pillar twice oh so as clint's looking down he comes out but then you go down to ground level and he comes out again he's coming out again so minor continuity error but maybe he had to go and adjust his costume maybe but turns out the suits are enough because the rich folks they're finally starting to clue in and take directions and the larp because they look like asgardians yeah you'd take thor seriously if he told you to do something probably But uh, even the LARPers, they get their moment, too. They're taking out a couple of the tracksuits. Yeah. And then, you know, we see Grills running across with uh, Armand the Seventh, and he's like, put me down. He's like, shut up. I'm trying to save your life. Yep. But Kate, she says, uh, I need to get you out of the tree. 
you want me to count down or just go? And he's like, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. And then she just takes out the guide wires <laughs> and then throws the acid arrow at the trunk. And uh, soon enough, timber down comes the tree and Clint goes skidding across the ice. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I had to remember Rambo or the first first blood the original first blood yeah i had visions of of it, john rambo falling to the trees maybe but uh you know he came out of it okay yeah well he's wearing something underneath so wow. yeah and it just it fits so nice it does <laughs> so uh clint's getting across the ice and seemingly out of nowhere we get hordes of tracksuits around the ice rink and there's way more than we were led to believe Almost reminds you of the scene of uh, Kill Bill with the uh, crazy idiots. Yes. Yeah. She dispatches the first batch. They just keep pouring through. I just watched that the other night. (laughs) Love that movie. But Clint, he's surrounded and he goes to draw an arrow and one goes whizzing past him. And here comes Kate doing her best Macaulay Culkin on the ice impression as she's sliding across on her knees and she's letting loose arrow after arrow after arrow. And once she reaches the middle with Clint, they realize, you know, we're still out in the open. We need to get out of here. But yeah, Clint, yeah. he launches uh, the electromagnetic arrow, which pretty quickly disarms the tracksuits of various weapons. Uh, I quite like that one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things going on in this one that I like, uh, arrow-wise, I mean. Yeah, this one's got a heck of a charge, too, because we can see the tracksuits. They're trying to pull their stuff down, and they're failing. Just not, not able to so do that. Must be hell of a pull on it. But uh, Clint says, you know, that should buy us a couple minutes. And... From uh, there, we get our next reveal of sorts because we find out that uh, Clint is wearing his new costume as well. Why, yes. Yes, he is. And Kate, she's ecstatic that he's worn it and, you know, praises it looks so good. But we also notice it's a lot closer to his comic book, well, his modern. Yeah, his modern look for comic sure. Comic yeah. book counterpart. They realize that uh, the only way off the ice is to go up the stairs. And Kate notices, well, she makes note, you know, there's thousands of them and only two of us, but Clint, he passes her a handful of those really dangerous arrows. Yeah. And Kate gets her. Is it time? (laughs) And Clint's like, it's time. It's time. So uh, we do get a barrage of trick arrows here and we see like uh, a blinding light one. We get a variant on the gas arrow with orange gas. I think that's the pepper spray. It could be. Yeah. We also get an electric binding arrow a pin launching arrow that one we see a couple of times and i'm like that's like super effective yeah painful and lethal yeah 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 but uh isn't that the one that they uh what you saw kate earlier when they were making the weapons and she was dipping uh dipping them in the uh, tranquilizer uh no i think that's the next arrow here Is that at the that? bottom okay. with the uh the tranquilizer darts yeah and then we even get a rocket powered grappling hook one oh that, that one was one cool poor too. bastard <laughs> into the air never to be seen again yeah so we don't know how much juice it's got and how high he went, but nope. He's somewhere over New Jersey right about now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get our hero moment as Clint and Kate square off against the seemingly never ending supply of tracksuits. Yeah. And uh, there's your promo shot right there. Oh, big time. Back to back firing it off. That's your uh, splash page. Yeah. But this scene here is really reminiscent of the scene during the battle of New York when the Avengers first come together. Isn't it though? Yeah. We get a couple more trick arrows, including that uh, inflatable airbag one, another concussion blast one. And finally, we get that second PIM arrow. <laughs> and uh, she lands it in the front grill of that Trustabro truck that's yeah. been driven over the edge at them. And before they can figure out what to do next, Clint, he's like, you know, I'll talk to Scott and see what happens. Yeah, because she's like, how long does that last for? Yeah. But uh, 
the friendly little owl he appears and carries off the truck to who knows where so you know there's a there's a, a one-off or a post-credit scene somewhere to uh, tell us their fate depending who got shrunk i mean yeah. this could at least be a very little like honey i shrunk the track shoot sort seriously <laughs> that would be so funny. the adventures of uh mini track suits and we'll see them in another movie somewhere coming back and, and just and, driving yeah. along somewhere yeah, really <laughs> but track suits are down we get word from the larpers that uh, eleanor's just come out of the side door and with clint's blessing you know she rushes off to find him and we think Clint is left to deal with Kazi, who appears with two more goons. Yeah. But uh, from behind, uh, Yelena, she reappears and takes Barton out. Right. At the same time, Maya, she shows up on her bike, taking out the two goons, and then she's set to square off with Kazi. And, you know, he tells her, you should have left town, but you know what I have to do. And uh, kind of implying he's yeah. got his marching orders from the kingpin. And uh, Yeah, like he has no choice. Yeah. But uh, before Yelena kills Barton, as we switch gears again, uh, she needs to know what happened. And Clint tells her, you know, you wouldn't believe me if I really told you what happened. Which, and again, as we've said before, the general public has no idea what happened to Natasha and how she died on met her demise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, he tells her, you know, all you need to know is that Natasha sacrificed sacrificed herself to save the world. That's right. Yeah. You can see it in her eyes here, the rage building. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot going on here emotionally. And I've talked about it before about uh, Clint's survivor guilt and, you know, I watching the episode and, and I've said all along, Clint has wanted to the whole Ronan thing. He was just waiting for, you know, till someone bigger, badder than him took him out and then it would just end everything. Yeah. I actually thought, you know, he was getting back to that, to being on the edge uh, in this sequence where it was like, he was going to lay it all out in the line. And, and if she had decided to kill him anyway, I don't think he was going to do anything to stop her. Probably not. Yeah. She refuses to believe him and she launches into her attack and we cut across again and we find, you know, Kazi and Meyer going at it, Yeah, but she clearly has the upper hand and she doesn't want to kill him. No. She's like, I want to leave it all behind, but I want you to come with me. There's the, uh, sort of the on the nose part about the, you know, the, the possible romance connection. Yeah. And it's definitely from her. Yeah. But uh, instead, he unloads on her all his anger and resentment that it was supposed to be him. This is his life. It wasn't supposed to be her. Right. And then, you know, he pleads with her again, don't make me do this. Yeah. Implying that he still thinks he has a chance against her. But yep, yep. Uh, we shift scenes again and we catch up with Eleanor, who's about to get away in her vehicle. But once she's inside, you know, driver's already dead. And we see the kingpin rip the door right off. Well, and isn't that a very kingpin thing to do? Totally is. (laughs) So, you know, he tells her, don't leave. And just before he drags her out of the car, Kate arrives and takes aim. He's like, what are you going to do with that? And she lands it right square in the chest. I mean, that is, uh, I mean, like, if that's that's deep enough, that's to the heart, man. Yeah. And she sunk it in deep, but uh, he just brushes it off like nothing. Doesn't he snap it off with his cane or something? He does. Yeah. Yeah. And just keeps going. Yeah. And she launches a second arrow at him, this one with a tether line, but he catches it midair and gives it a yank and sends Kate to the ground. Well, I mean, after the man takes an arrow right to the chest and just kind of keeps going like it's nothing, that's where I kind of go like, uh, pucker factor 45. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I might be in trouble now. But uh, he removes his coat and he starts moving forward. And out of nowhere, Eleanor hits him with the car, sending him back into the FAO Schwartz building. 
Okay, I mean, she's still her mom, so yeah. So she wants to save her, but that's a pretty quiet car. Uh, well, maybe it was electric. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is twenty twenty one. You know. Well, in the show, it's twenty twenty four. Yeah, so maybe so. there's even more chance it's electric. Yep. But uh, we shift gears again and back around the corner. Kazi, he's continuing to tell Maya leave, but she's insisting you should come with me if you're brave enough. Go with me. Right. Uh, but Kazi says he won't let me. So I'm yeah, you know, I mean, he uncle he's in the pocket of the yeah. kingpin. Yeah, yeah. It feels like he doesn't want out. No, I, I think he, he, there's that whole tropes. We've seen them before, about you know, being trapped in, in the, the gang life. Yeah. And, but then there's the willful want to stay in it. And I don't know exactly where he fits in there. If he's even remotely interested in trying to get away or if he just feels like even if he did go, that the kingpin would catch up with him and yeah so why bother it's quite possible resistant to that notion kazi grabs an arrow and charges but he's no match for her uh no uh, one swift move she quickly turns the tables and uh, kazi takes it to the chest and uh yeah as he goes down maya finds herself in a similar scenario like she did with her father on his deathbed yeah you know hand to the face and uh but again she's told leave because it's almost the same yeah yeah. And now Kazi's saying, you know, go, but this time it's because Fisk is coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Different so, motivation there. You know, there's still some concern on his part. So who knows how much of it like romantically was reciprocal, but I don't know. May never know. Cause we don't exactly find out if he's dead or not, but uh, some people have a really twisted sense of love. Right. So it's true. I mean, I, st- I personally got the uh, the vibe that there was a romance thing there that was just sort of maybe uh, just under the surface. The photograph suggests, although, I mean, it, you know, it could be like a, you know, brother, sister shot, you know, big brother with his arm around little sister, but it didn't feel that way to me. And, no. and I can't describe why, but it yeah. just felt like more. Yeah. We shift again and we're back at the toy store and yep. Fisk, he's already back up after being hit by a car through a wall. And uh, we turn and see that, you know, Eleanor, she's unconscious behind the wheel. So he goes to move in on her and uh, Kate, she blocks the way and he looks at her and he says, you know, you're in over your head and he knocks her down, but she lets loose one of these uh, trick arrows and it's like a little electric spider web. I, I was going to say that it's, it's, it's the Spider-Man arrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that seals them both inside, you know, yeah. so they're stuck there now. And uh, we shift gears again back to Elena and Clint. And he continues to try and tell her, you know, no one killed Natasha. She, she sacrificed herself. Yeah. But she still won't hear it. And uh, they're still going at it. We shift again back to the toy store and Kate won't stay down. And uh, at one point, Kingpin, he grabs her and tosses her across the room and gets a hold of her quiver. Yeah. And uh, he proceeds to smash all, oh yeah all the arrows just like, like just a snaps them in half you ever done you ever got a make spaghetti for dinner and you, you pull a bunch out of the thing and just break it in half throw yeah. it in the pot <laughs> kind of like that yeah but uh you know he yells at her mind your own business and like we were led to believe these are special arrow shafts right like some oh yeah like they're not fiber. just like they're not carbon fiber or something they're probably some like crazy marvel metal that we don't know about yeah but uh you know he snaps them in half no problem and a bundle of them at the same time too yeah right? So uh, back down to the ice, uh, Yelena, she questions, why would Natasha sacrifice herself for you? What, what makes you worth it? And he says, I'm not. I expected to be more of this line because the first thing my mind was like, she did it for everyone. Not just, she didn't do it for me. She did it for everybody. Yeah. 
but uh, there's that survivor guilt, right? Well, there is that. And uh, she says, you know, I didn't let her do it. I fought her for it, but she right. fought harder. And oh, yeah. I couldn't stop her. And, you know, Yelena, she's still unaccepting of this. And uh, that whole notion that, you know, she was the best of us. Yeah. 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 But Yelena, she pulls out her baton and she begins to beat Clint unmercifully. And like, we leave him there for a minute and we go back to the toy store where Kate, she's continuing to fight. And Fisk, he tells her, you know, you're really starting to annoy me. But in their last go round, she's gotten a hold of one of those cufflinks. And yes, yes it is the same cufflink yeah, 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 yeah. from earlier in this series and previously on the Netflix Daredevil show. That's right. And uh, she launches that across the room with the trick shot. Yep. Ta-ting. And she lobs it in there, triggering a handful of those broken arrows including the really dangerous arrow. Yep. And uh, the resulting explosion, it sends Kingpin just flying. And, uh, you know, you can see him kind of caught in it there and flying across the room. But uh, for the first time, he seems to be down and out. Well, I actually thought, you know, for a second, I'm like, okay, that's a pretty big explosion. Are they like, is this a one and done? Like they're done with this character? Like he's not coming back? But then we, yeah, we find out, no, he will be, we move a little further down the episode and yeah, but with Kingpin down for the moment, Kate finally has a moment to catch her breath and she rushes out to check on her mom and her mom is still trying to gloss over everything. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Everything's under control. It'll go back to normal. Uh, you know, I was well. just trying to protect you. And she's like, but you murdered Armand. Right. And she's like, well, somebody had to clean up the mess. And like, that's still, I, she's trying to, what you know, mess, what mess was there? Like go well, back to the first episode and what was wrong? Well, I, I'm, she's referring to the mess of her father getting in debt to the King. I, I guess and that just took her down that road, but you know, so wait, are we saying that Eleanor's murder of Armand puts Jack in a position to inherit the fortune so she can siphon it off to get out of debt with the Kingpin? Well, no, she says she's already paid him back like 10 times over. Well, then again, so what, why? That part we don't know. So then that tells me that Armand directly had a beef with the Kingpin or the, or vice versa. Quite possibly. Or Armand knew she was dealing with him. Well, maybe that's what the argument was over. Okay. So probably something, a a plot line that we will never get a resolution to really. Quite possibly. I don't think we will. But you know, the police arrive and uh, they tell Eleanor she's under arrest for the murder of Armand. And I think they might have cut a scene here okay. because it is the detective that was supposed to speak with Kate. Right. But she didn't really feed him that information. Oh, right. 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 As we kind of jump straight from uh, reveal from your from Elena on the video. Right. Image yep. Straight into the events of today. But, oh, yeah. I mean, through the LARPers, maybe they contacted the right. Oh, people. sure. Sure. Maybe so. Well, uh, what's her name that brought the bag? She is a police officer. Yeah, Wendy Conrad. That's yeah. right, yeah. But, uh, you know, ever the manipulator, Eleanor questions her. She's like, is this what heroes do? Have their mothers arrested on Christmas? I was waiting for her to say yes. <laughs> I was waiting for that too, but. Uh, yes, yes we do. she just says, you know, I'm sorry. I love yeah. you. Yeah, and yeah. And then Eleanor is led away, and rightfully so, because technically now Kate is the one cleaning up the mess. Yeah, I guess she is, isn't she? Yeah. But back down on the ice, you know, Yelena, she's finally had her fill of beating on Clint with that baton. And she pulls out a pistol to end it. And just as she's about to do it, he gives the secret whistle. Does he start it or does she? He starts it. He started it. Yeah. Okay. Because at first I'm like, oh, the whistle. I'm like, is she doing that as like a, a nod to her sister? Like, I'm killing him for you. 
maybe. And then he answers it? No, I think he did it just to say, you know, I, I did know her. I did love her. Yeah. And she let me in on that part of her life. It really changes sort of the... It I guess it doesn't really change a whole lot, but I, I thought she was the one that started it and he answered it, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the whistle happens and she stops dead in her tracks yeah. And, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's like, cause she says, how do you know that? Yeah, exactly. And Clint goes on to tell her, you know, Natasha talked about you all the time. She loved you and she always wanted you to be safe. And Yelena, she starts pondering, you know, if I'd have been there, maybe I could have stopped her. But Clint's like, no, you couldn't have, you know, Natasha. And then they both admit, you know, I loved her. I loved her a lot. And they kind of make peace. And there's an unspoken forgiveness in this scene here where tears are shed and uh, they kind of resolve yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. I think there's a way for him to, uh, you know, put down the baggage as it were. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And they can both move forward now. But uh, Yelena, she makes her exit and leaves Clint alone on the ice. And uh, again, we're going to shift gears because we jump back over the toy store and we find that uh, the police are looking around and they find no one. King yeah, we is get up and gone. We get that camera pans over the, the spot in the floor and the floor is remarkably white. Yep. But, <laughs> and uh, not because of his jacket. That's right. It's just gone. But we catch up to him in a back alley and he's uh, looking a little bit worse for wear, kind of stumbling. As he's huffing there. and puffing. Uh, <sighs> yeah. So, you know, he's been taken down a peg. But uh some headlights pull up in front of him and we see it's Maya and she gets out and we get this almost uh, angelic visual as she walks towards him. Like the way she's backlit. Yeah. Or just like the glare of it. Like she's got yeah. a halo. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, you know, maybe they're subliminally telling us that now she's on the side of the angels, but oh, uh, maybe Kingpin, he breathes a sigh of relief, but uh, only for a moment because uh, he sees she's holding a gun. And uh, this moment here is a direct reference to the ending of daredevil volume two number 15 okay where maya confronts him and shoots him oh yeah yeah and uh here in the hawkeye show though he pleads you know we're family and sometimes family doesn't see eye to eye right but then the camera pans up and we hear the shot go off off camera and we're wondering you know is did, that it? yeah did she i mean clearly she pulled the trigger she did and that close range she had to do some damage well yeah and i mean then therein lies the is this a one and done for the Kingpin? Like, did they just bring him in to say, yeah, he's part of the MCU and now he's dead. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because if it follows the comics at all, it could oh, yeah. wind up just like the final page of that daredevil issue where we find uh, Fisk did survive, but he's now blind. Oh, so uh, good Lord. Let's just <laughs> uh, uh hero and arch enemy are now have the same handicap. Yeah. Isn't that something? But, you know, he's a rich dude, so. And when I say that, I I, I am referring to Daredevil. I mean, yeah. both being blind. Yeah. Oh. Kind of ironic. Isn't it, though? But uh, that's a possible route they could take it, so. Well, Where we I mean. I, I'm guessing we're going to see him come up in the Echo series. For anybody who's, uh, you know, and everybody who saw the uh, Spider-Man and it's, it's opening week already knows, uh, you know, kind of where it could go. Uh, I know you haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to say too much. That's all good. But, uh, you know, Kevin Feige did say that uh, if if Daredevil were to turn up in the MCU, he would be played by Charlie Cox. So, uh, you know, it's it's all but saying that at some point you're going to see him. And, and of course, you know, Daredevil and the Kingpin are arch enemies. So mm-hmm. if you're going to bring one back, you might as well, might as well have everybody. Well, he was uh, 
a Spider-Man villain before he was a Daredevil. Villain. That is true. Yes, they can share villains uh, as they often do. Mm. But uh, back in the square, you know, the police and the EMS—they've all arrived, and everything's getting sorted out. And uh, we get a really quick back and forth between Wendy and Jack. And based on his swordsmanship, she kind of postures. You know, you ever heard of LARPing? <laughs> yeah. like, what is that? A leisure activity? <laughs> She's like, "Well, I have a guild, and you know, you'd be a good fit." Guess who's going to be making his costume? Yeah. And guess what it's going to look like? Yep. <laughs> oh, we also see Missy Grills and Orville, and they're trying to explain to the cops, you know, we're working with Hawkeye. We're practically yeah, yeah. Avengers. We're, almost, we're really Avengers. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we just want to make sure you arrest the right people. That's right. But uh, Clint and Kate, they're in the back of an ambulance there sitting, and uh, they share a moment here. And he tells her, you know, every now and again, you come across somebody who makes you be a better person. And then he jokingly says, you know, that Missy, she was right on spot with his yeah. costume. And she's like, oh, shut up. And, you know, but then he goes on. He's like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. You you went toe to toe with the kingpin and you walked away. And not many people can do that. No, no, no. So uh, is that, do they have the thing about how, how the fabric moves and the, is that in this scene? Uh, Talking about the suits and how, yeah, oh, how yeah. it moves. And, and then they just kind of, ha ha. Yeah. They have that little moment. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we end our night there, and the next morning we find a vehicle rolling up on the Barton home, and Clint has done it. He has made it home for Christmas. Made it home for Christmas, and even managed to get presents in the process. That's right, but he's not alone. And no, uh, no, as he's, he's unloading not. the presents, you know, he's like, you coming? And from around the corner, we see Kate and now fully named Lucky, the pizza Yes, dog. I caught that. Come on, Lucky. Yeah, are yeah. along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after some introductions and hugs and whatnot, you know, Clint passes the watch to Laura. And she turns it over for the reveal. And uh, oh, it's so good when they do that too with the inscription on it. Yeah. So uh, the shield logo with the number 19. And in the comics, Agent 19 was Bobby Morse. Yeah. Yeah. A Mockingbird. Mockingbird. So this leaves us with a new question Did they just erase Agents of Shield from the canon? Well, whether they did or didn't is irrelevant to me because I just think. If you never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and just focused on the existing, just the film properties, yeah. uh, and now, of course, the new uh, Disney Plus TV shows, when we first meet uh, Laura and the kids and how they, they talk about, uh, there's some exposition about how Fury set it up for them. Yeah. It's, it's perfect that, of course, he set it up for them. She's a, she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, too. Well, there's a line in that movie where uh, Robert Downey Jr. walks in. He's like, this is an agent thing. So yeah, if you go yeah, back yeah. and rewatch that, he does say it right at the beginning. I get, yeah, that's true. But, you know how perfect though. I'd like, of course, that she was a shield agent. How else could she be so understanding and, and so in all the stuff in everything? Yeah. Plus the you know, oh, the suddenly Russian we're speaking, we're speaking German. German. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. anyway, you know, nobody. I understand better than anybody. Oh well, now we know why. Yeah, yeah. she's had to pull a trigger or two in her. Uh, yes. So. Clint, uh, you know, he looks across and he says, Kate, can you come help me with something? And they go outside and uh, they go to burn the Ronin suit. And, uh, you know, he's like, help me finish off what you technically started. Yeah. As the suit burns, uh, she starts bouncing names off him. She's like, well, what do you think of Lady Hawk? Oh, yeah. He's like, that's terrible. And then she's a great movie, by the way. (laughs) I love Lady Hawk. And then she's like, what about Hawk Eve and Hawk Shot or Lady Arrow? And he's like, those are all terrible. There, but he's got an idea what it could be. 
And instead of him actually dubbing her Hawkeye, we just cut the credits. We snapped a credits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's our episode. But Marvel added a little treat in the credits with the full Save the City musical scene from Rogers the Musical. But this has been gaining some uh, discussion sort of online in the fan community over the last week and about you know, was this a waste of a post-credit scene when, you know, the, the expectation is that every Marvel post-credit scene's got to set up something else. Well, maybe, maybe this is just setting up Rogers, the musical as a live, happen. as a Broadway production. Yeah, absolutely. It's I'm, entirely possible. There's entirely an audience out there for that. I, I take it for what it is, you know, and I said it actually today, uh, as I was chatting about it online, I said that, you know, I accept it for what it is, that it's something that most of us or most of the fan community would just write off as comedy because that's the way it's played in the episode. But like you realize how much effort goes into that to, to, to creating a musical number, which is essentially a throwaway, you know, like, why would you waste that? I'm actually quite happy that we got to see the full musical number. I thought this is great. Yeah. So not only did they release like the audio version on YouTube, right, right. In the credits, you get the whole start the to finish whole scene. thing. I almost so we're we're watching it, and it kept they cut to a, a particular guy in the audience twice, the same guy, and he was just elated, like like he was your like super fan or whatever. But I kept saying to Kim as we were watching, I said, "Wouldn't it be great if uh, if the camera panned out to the audience and Steve and Peggy were sitting there watching it? Oh, that would you know what awesome. I mean? Like people just would have lost their minds, yep. myself included. Well." <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, that couldn't happen now, though, because wow. Peggy died in uh, Civil War, right? Oh, right. So Steve could have possibly been Steve there, could have been there watching it, right? Peggy right. would have been a no-show for sure. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry to crush your bubble. Thanks, man. Brought me back to reality. Yeah. <laughs> as this is over. No as more prison. As we're talking about this fantasy stuff, you brought me back to reality. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> So, oh my god okay so that's it that's a wrap on uh on our series on target our uh five part review series on uh, marvel studios hawkeye yeah, all six episodes done what'd you think i liked it of it of all the series you know it, it was a fast-paced series i it's got rewatchability i think so me, i mean does. even if you just you know if you hauled it out like a christmas vacation and just watched it around the holidays yeah do you know what i mean it'd be a nice way to yeah you know, nothing's going on Christmas Day. I'm just going to binge watch Hawkeye. Yeah, it's a good Christmas three-hour movie. Do you think that there's or a six-hour movie? I guess it would be. Is there a chance for another television property to come out of this besides what we already know is coming with Echo? I think he'd get away with a season two of Hawkeye, where Kate is now the the lead. With Kate in lead, and maybe uh, I mean, you could really you could bring back Tony Dalton as Jack, and he yeah. could take on like a mentor role as he did for Clint in the comics. Sure, sure. You to know, to Kate. Could, yeah, she could up her sword game. and That would be an interesting way to do it. I personally feel like this is part of our, uh, I guess, road to Young Avengers. Yeah. Or possibly West Coast. I don't know. but uh, yeah, It's all on the road to Secret Wars. So. Well, yeah, that's Secret War, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, it, you know, certainly... Uh, it, it's got people talking, uh, myself included, uh, the two of us, obviously, and, yeah. and Hank, wherever you are in the world tonight. I hope uh, you'll add to that conversation as we go forward. But um, that's it for Hawkeye. So what's up next, my man? Next up, we have the Book of Boba Fandom. And if you're watching live right now, that's in uh, two, two days. Two days. 
that will be so, airing on Disney Plus. Uh, hopefully, we'll be that. Uh, we'll be uh, past our. Uh, oh my gosh, uh, what what night is New Year's Eve, man? Uh, Friday or Saturday. Friday or Saturday. Oh, so we could be doing the show hungover. Maybe <laughs> we could be doing the show hungover, or at least me, anyway. <laughs> I know you don't drink anymore, so good for you, by the way. Friday night. It is Friday. Oh, Friday night. night. So sure. then we should be recovered by then, and, oh, yeah. and well, good to go. Yeah. All right, so we're back uh, next week or later this week with our first installment of uh, the Book of Boba Fandom. And as always, there is lots more coming from us here at Fandom Power. So once again, I'm Wes. I'm Andy. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Happy New Year, folks. Bye for now. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.